Are you thinking about renting out your home instead of selling it, buying an RV, and hitting the road? Might want to pause and think about that a bit. We're going to talk about it today on this edition of Rolling Home. Well, I'm always looking out for news about RVing, van life, and I had this pop up on my Google Alerts feed a few days ago, and it happened to be from Business Insider India, of all places, and I almost deleted it, and then I read the little teaser line that said this. It said, we rented our home when we moved into an RV, now eviction moratoriums have cost us our entire savings. Well, that really got my attention, so I actually opened the article and read it, and I want to tell you, I feel real sorry for these folks who were planning to use their home as retirement savings and investment, and it didn't quite work out because they decided to move into an RV without selling their home. And of course, they live in California and the eviction moratorium hit and they literally had to go into their existing savings to make up the difference of making their mortgage. And now their home is tore up. So I want to share a little bit about this story and thought it might be of interest to those of you who are thinking about perhaps taking a little sabbatical and buying a camper van and hitting the road, but not necessarily selling your home and renting it. Instead, the story goes, and I'll just read a bit from the article from Business Insider India. It says, when my husband, who's 74 and I, a disabled 65-year-old woman, decided to live out of an RV, we leased our house in California with the option to buy to a young couple with a toddler. Shortly after, they moved into the house in February 2020. The pandemic struck and they quit paying rent. It says with the eviction moratorium in the United States, which has been on and off since the beginning of the pandemic, that mostly ended with the Supreme Court ruling in August, they've now lost their entire savings. She said our intent was to sell the house, never to be landlords, but At the time, the market wasn't what it is right now, so we saw this young couple who had a baby and said all the right things to us. We thought it was a really good deal for everybody, so we thought it was the best option for all of us. Well, now we're just struggling along since we've stopped receiving rent. We've used the majority of our savings to not lose our property. Our tenants agreed to get out by July 31st when the eviction moratorium was still in effect, but keep at, kept asking us for one more week and we felt like we didn't have any other choice but to move forward with an eviction so they moved out uh, of the house she says but haven't returned the keys uh, there have been doors left open she said the landscaping is gone the house is very filthy with cobwebs and the carpet is ruined and lots of things like that she said it's very confusing because in essence they've abandoned the property and they tell us they're coming back, and then they don't. We unfortunately aren't able to enter until they're officially 
no longer tenants. She says they're currently living out of their RV in Utah, and their only income is Social Security since all of their retirement money was in the equity of their house. Because of the situation, her husband has gone to work on uh, over-the-road truck driving to keep up with the payments on the house. Well, of course, this is the situation in California where Maxine Waters, a Democrat, resides there. You know, Maxine Waters, she's on TV a lot. Um, she's like the House Financial Services chair, I think. But she has said that landlords know how to get loans, so that shouldn't be a problem to help them out during this time. Well, this lady that uh, was interviewed by a website here says, well, you can't get a loan when you're not getting income to support paying back the loan. So that's not an option for everyday mom-and-pop operations, landlord operations like ours, and I totally agree. Well, she said now her husband is gone all the time, and she's left at home to cope with this alone. She said basically they're supporting a young family and not that's not even related to them. And she even has major surgery scheduled, and she can only hope that her husband will be able to be home to help her during that time. And they haven't figured out how uh, that's going to happen, but she's going to have to deal with that when it gets here. Well, she said their tenants did pay them uh, for their first month's rent in February, and she's received maybe one or two payments uh, during that in-between time. But for the rest of the time, they haven't received any payments at all. So it's really a difficult situation for them. She said they also couldn't comply with the COVID-19 eviction moratorium requirements put forward by their state, uh, the state of California there. They didn't supply them with any of the required information or pay the required 25% of the rent. So they weren't willing to apply, the people that are in their house now, even with their help for any of the aid that was available to them. She said her husband is actually a real estate mortgage broker, so they're aware of what they're doing, and uh, both of them have looked out for people and tried to give them opportunities in the past. And she said, we've also tried to set up mediation with the family in order to resolve this, but uh, they've been no show to the meetings that have been set up. Now they're in the process of trying to evict them, and uh, they began prior to the eviction moratorium being ended by the Supreme Court because the house was in poor condition. They couldn't, uh, they weren't able to comply with the requirements at the time. But the person handling the evictions locally is telling them that they don't know what to expect from the judges, and uh, they really don't have high hopes on what the outcome of this will be. So they're hoping just to make it through this episode without turning into a financial uh, disaster. And they said when they heard the moratorium was happening initially uh, and it was going to be extended earlier in the summer, it was just another, oh no. Well, you try not to let anger eat you up, she says. And they just wanted, they just didn't want to rent, so she still don't, doesn't know what is going on. She said they plan to sell the house after they finally get the eviction taken care of. But now that her husband is working full-time and driving a truck, we'll have to figure out exactly how to get back there 
and get things straightened out uh, if that should happen. So when they, uh, you know, they intend to sell it and they try to going to try to move forward with whatever it takes to get this house back in their possession so they can take care of that. And she said, uh, my husband and I run into people with the same situation all the time, so they're not the only ones. And uh, I can tell you how many people share with us. They're just mom and pop situations just like us, and they, they could be your next-door neighbor, and that they're struggling since these eviction moratoriums have rolled through. And she said, it's... Uh, we know it won't do us any good to let anger swallow us, so we just try to take it day by day. She said evictions can be hard for everyone involved, including single home landlords like themselves. Well, this is a very tough situation that these people have got themselves into, and I don't know what state you're listening uh, to this from, but I know the laws uh, are different from state to state, and uh, I know that we've had some situations, even in the state where I live, where people couldn't get folks out of houses and they didn't, uh, they were kind of like these people, you know, not the kind of mom and pop kind of land landowners and uh, landlords, and uh, it really put them in a bind. So it's just one of those things to keep in mind if you're thinking about possibly, hey, let's just, uh, you know, rent our house or lease our house, uh, you know, buy a, a camper van or an RV or whatever and hit the road for six months or a year and then everything will be just fine when we get back. Well, I don't know if that's a good idea. Particularly right now when the housing market is pretty strong. Uh, so I think that's something to take into consideration. One final thing, being an absentee landlord, meaning you don't necessarily live in the area where you're renting or leasing a home or property, whatever, can be difficult because I know uh, my wife and I ran into this very same situation years ago when we were in the same boat and we had actually had some real good uh, renters for some time and then come to find out that one of the last people that rented the house had sub rented it or leased it or whatever to someone else uh, we, that we were not aware of which was not uh, allowable in our agreement and we had a hard time getting this person out. Had to get the sheriff, and it was just a bad situation. Uh, I know some states have squatter laws, even, and and that really can can impact the situation adversely as well. Well, just something to keep in mind. I ran across that article. Thought it might be of interest that uh, this COVID thing has really affected people in a lot of different ways, not just uh, from a uh, health uh, way, but in lots of different financial ways that we don't even think about. And this one kind of re related to the RV van lifestyle and, um, and uh, you know, just need to keep in mind the issues that are involved. Well, thanks again for joining me on another edition of Rolling Home. Appreciate if you would like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is your particular podcast platform allows for, and I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I'll be back soon with another episode hopefully something of interest that you would like to listen to remember home is where you park it see you again soon on another edition of rolling home